0: This is Philly Drone Tech with Tom Brunt. Thank you to our sponsors, Wistia.com, Zoho Mail, and GetFlywheel.com. Hello, and welcome to another edition of Philly Drone Tech here on PhillyTech.org netcast network. I'm Tom Brunt. Well, some of you may have noticed that I've uh, been away for a little while. Um, It's been almost two months since I did my last podcast and as I've I've said before, I work as a broadcast uh, uh, mobile TV technician and this has been one of the busiest summers I've had in a long time. Uh, We recently had my my TV trailer uh, upgraded with all sorts of new technology. And that took some time, and then I immediately went out to do a couple of shows. One was the Breeders' Cup, and followed immediately by the uh, PGA Championships in Sheboygan, Wisconsin. Um, I'll have more about uh, uh, the PGA, actually, that relates very well to this uh, podcast. Um, It uh, was the first time I got experience with uh, drones uh, used for broadcast uh, TV. Yes, they had a drone at the PGA, and, uh, well, I uh, I I was thrilled. I was in my happy place. So anyway, we'll uh, talk about that soon. But um, uh, other things that have been going on is I've recently uh, I've, I've I have a new member of the family now. Um, well, you've been following along that I have the uh, DJI Phantom One that I upgraded to the Phantom One Point Five. Unfortunately, it just I, I just haven't been able to make it fly uh, as as tight as I'd like it to be. You know, I've just, i it still kind of runs kind of inconsistently. And, uh, well, I, I, I've kind of a little bit been, been chopping at the bit of uh, whether to get the Phantom 3. So, I, uh, I, I finally plunked down the money and I, I got the Phantom 3 Pro uh, right here. Here it is. Uh, it's got the, the, four, the Pro uh, is the 4K camera version. And uh, I have to say, it, it's, it's pretty fantastic. I now I don't regret having to uh, upgrade. I, I mean, especially going to from my 1.5, which is basically a 1. Um, the leap in technology is—it's—it's pretty—it's uh, pretty apparent. Um, it has, uh, well, if you have the Phantom Two, you already are familiar with this. But uh, uh, here's the controller with the uh, iPad uh, or an Android tablet that um, basically fully integrates uh, with it for the flying experience. Uh, it will—it'll um, uh, draw you a GPS map. Uh, for example, and record your route, and um, I'll, I'll get into it in a, in a later podcast, uh, probably the next one I'll do a little demo uh, with the Phantom 3. Um, one of the things DJI just came out with, they came out with what they, uh, they call, it's uh, the third of the Phantom line, called the Phantom Standard. It's uh, $800, uh, 1080p only. Um, it's meant for more beginner flyers, but uh, one of the cool things it has is they've, uh, they've adapted uh, Follow Me technology where it will it will be kind of self-aware of you and, and actually follow you on a specific path. Um, and uh, the good news is for the us other fandom, Three owners. They are planning on upgrading the firmware to allow that to happen. I think they may have already put it out. I've got a lot of big firmware upgrades that I have to download for this this guy here. Um, so uh, now, uh, well, I've I've decided that since I like the name Humpty so much, I decided to kind of rebrand uh, what is Humpty. So I still have my old craft. Um, he's in the background there. You see, uh, he's the old Humpty. Um, but he's kind of a little, he's kind of semi-retired and he's uh, older and more ornery, so I've uh, decided to name him Grandpa H for Grandpa Humpty. So now I have the, the new Humpty here. And I still plan on keeping the old, uh, uh, the old Phantom 1.5. I mean, he, he was the one that got me involved in, in uh, flying. Uh, he's my first uh, drone. So I kind of want to hold on to that for nostalgic reasons, and if I can get him to fly better, uh, I probably I will end up taking him out on the road with me uh, with the trucks. I I now have a little uh, SEMA X5C that I travel around with me, but it's it's not a uh, a, a very capable camera on it, not really meant for photography. But uh, if I have uh, you know Grandpa H that uh, can ride along in the TV truck with me on all my adventures uh that would be great and so i can actually start doing some uh videos of the, uh, the 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 countryside uh which would be uh which would be fun to do so anyway that's that's the news i have there uh on my my new drone family um so now let's let's get into the show uh, i know it's been a while and i usually talk about the faa but i don't really i haven't really found any like new kind of developments with that right now other than the fact that uh they're they're much more speedily granting the section uh 333 exemptions to people uh it's getting uh, they're, they're they're kind of passing through at lightning speed so there's a lot more uh businesses starting to crop up out there i mean i know there's there's one in in my area in uh doyle's uh pa that uh they they now offer uh video services and they're faa approved uh Unfortunately, you still have to have the pilot's license requirement, so that's going to leave me out and leave a lot of people out. But uh, they're still working on the the NPRM that will allow the notice of proposed rule management uh, that will allow, um, hopefully, in the future, to they'll they'll forego that. Uh, full pilot's license requirement, uh, which is what everybody's kind of waiting for. Until then, uh, what you're seeing now is a lot of, uh, well, businesses that already have done like aerial photography and videography with like say helicopters and planes, uh, well, drones are now a natural because, well, they already have the license and they're allowed to do it. So I'll get into a little more how this works because at the PGA, um, I did mention that uh, I got to see uh, commercial drone use in action. And I got to talk to those guys, so I'll fill you in a lot in uh, soon in what I uh, learned about uh, dealing with the FAA and those uh, those guidelines that uh, professional uh, drone operators have to uh, have to abide by. So we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, so. Since I I don't have a story with the FAA, I'll I'll get into this first story that I found out, which is kind of interesting, and um, it's uh, this one here comes from the National Geographic. Um, Well, they've done a this is the first study of its kind they've done uh, to determine how wildlife uh, responds to uh, UAVs, to drones, and. Well, it's, uh, they've, they've determined that uh, in the presence of drones, uh, the, their heart rate rises substantially. And before you go, well, no duh, uh, it's a flying machine. Um, a couple of things to, to point out is that uh, in the cases of like uh, many wildlife, uh, they already live close to human habitation. Uh, they're well familiar with uh, the noise and activities of cars farm machines, even airplanes in the air. But drones are kind of new. Um, they make a totally different noise and they act a little bit differently. Um, in, in the case of what a lot of people are using drones for, to track wildlife um, or photograph it, uh, to the animal it, it appears as they might be being chased or threatened by this loud flying machine. They don't know what it is yet. Uh, what it will be interesting is the fact that since uh, the, the study specifically talks about uh, black bears, um, but uh, this, this, this could have uh, implications on how uh, drones are used for um, wildlife uh, and uh, agriculture uh, because the, the animals, uh, they, they have noticed that they're, they may not appear frightened, but they are uh, very frightened of these. Maybe time will, as maybe as, as animals evolve and get uh, accustomed to drones when they're more commonplace, just like they are uh, accustomed to things like farm machinery and, and cars and, and planes, um, they may settle down as, as well, I mean, it's, it's funny, but the animal kingdom has to get used to drones just like we, we people do, seeing them fly around and, and all that. Um, so, it's a, it's a very interesting article though, um, I mean, like I said at first I, 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 I saw the article and kind of went, well, no duh, their heart rate went up, uh, they're nervous about them, but uh, you know, it, it really does, uh, it, it, it's, a, it's a, going to be a pretty useful study as uh, drones are being used for anti-poaching uh, and um, in some cases uh, animal herding. Uh, you know, you'll, you'll see applications like that in the future and, and how this study, uh fits into that will uh will be very helpful so uh one one of the things that's uh, i'm happy with this episode in particular even though i talk about a lot of things that are well outside the philly region it is called philly drone tech um i found a couple of things that are in the philly region uh that i can talk about on the show it'll be very uh very interesting first one is happening on uh, september 17th that's coming up very soon uh, it's in uh, Holmdale, New Jersey. Uh, I want to thank uh, Patrick, uh, one of my uh, Twitter followers, for uh, calling me in on this uh, pretty recently. I didn't uh, know about it, but I'm already set to attend. So uh, this is uh, sponsored by the New Jersey Tech Co- Council. Uh, it's a uh, Dronebot Works uh, Drone and Robot Conference. As it says here on their site, uh, in their About section, get ready to experience the latest in drone and robot technology the region has to offer. Taking place at the former Bell Labs facility, now being renovated by Bell Works, the drones and bots will be flying and roaming about the 1.6 million square foot space. Nothing uh, short of a work of visual art where technology's latest creations will soar. This is the event you don't wanna miss. Drone Bot Works will include keynote panels and extended demo sessions. Uh, so uh, this is happening again on September 17th in new, uh, uh, Northern New Jersey. And some of the speakers here, they have uh, someone from the FAA, uh, Rutgers, um, and a couple of other different uh, tech companies and startups that have to deal with UAV. Um, so, this this is uh, it's a... Um, if you're a non-member of the New Jersey Tech Council, which, well, I, I am, I I'm, don't even live in New Jersey, uh, it's, a, it's a $95 fee, but I'm um, uh, happily paying that and plan on going to that, uh, to see what it's about. Hopefully get to interview and talk with some people. And It'll be my first uh, drone conference. Very much looking forward to that. So uh, with that I'm going to take my usual little sponsor break and then I'll come back and uh, I have a couple of videos to talk about uh, that all uh, highlight the Philadelphia region. So, uh, I'll be back in a second. Today's show is sponsored by Wistia. Wistia is a video hosting and analytics platform that helps businesses get the most out of online video. We use Wistia here at PhillyTech.org. Flywheel, a managed WordPress hosting platform built specifically for designers and creative agencies, and helps thousands of designers across the world launch projects every day. And by Soho Mail professional, low-cost email with business class features and security. Okay, welcome back. Well, as I alluded to at the beginning of the uh, the broadcast, uh, my main job being a, a broadcast technician, I got to work on uh, Turner's and CBS's production of the PGA uh, Championship uh, recently in uh, Sheboygan, Wisconsin. And one of the things I was excited about there was, it was a. I was wondering how long it was going to take. Before I worked on a major broadcast that utilized the drone, well, I didn't have to wait that long because uh, yes, they had a drone at the PGA, uh, and uh, I I got to uh, it's a very busy compound, very big, and there's a lot of people that do their own specific little jobs there. But I I made sure I, I went out of my way to uh, I had to find the drone guys, so. Um, so i uh, i had a good talk with them and i got to see the uh the the drone close up with uh, some pictures and video so i guess you can say this is a uh these pictures are a philly uh philly drone tech exclusive um so uh, here's uh, some pictures of the the drone here it's a uh, uh articles i read said it was a, a cinecopter uh, but talking to them it's sort of like a, a mix of a, a number of different manufacturers uh, put together. Uh, I guess its main frame is a cinecopter. It's about uh, four feet across. As you see, it's an octocopter. Uh, eight, uh, eight props. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's a little bit bigger than your Phantom, certainly. Uh, but it does use a number of DJI uh, components. I, I recognized a lot in there, too, like the GPS antenna and the uh, IOSD uh, for uh, data uh, readout um and interesting uh, interesting enough the camera they used uh was a little uh what i would say less traditional uh it was a basically a consumer sony handycam um one of the things that uh, this allowed them to do was one uh, it had a decent weight ratio because uh, of course weight to capability with cameras that's that's a big that's 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 a big part of uh you know, finding the, the, the happy medium that will work on a drone without dragging it down too much. So they used the Sony Handycam uh, and they were able to rig up the Zoom. So not only did they have, uh, you know, they, it was on a, a DJI Ronin gimbal, uh, not only did they have the normal gimbal stabilization and the, uh, and the tilt and, 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 and pan, uh, but they also had zoom capability, which uh, I was watching a lot of this from the, uh, from the TV truck. Uh, course I could like look at pretty much any camera feed I wanted but uh, I, I kind of stayed on the drone much of the time and uh, this proved out to be very very good uh, with it. Um, let me see what else I can I tell you about it. Uh, well uh, the, here's an article about it and then one of my uh, the, the industry trade magazines. Uh, the company is out of uh, Minneapolis. Uh, they're called the picture factory. Uh, turns out they were one of the first ones to get the section uh, 333 exemption uh, from the FAA. So, um, so, they have lots of experience with that. Uh, there, some of the other things they told me, their, their backup copter was a, uh, a, a DJI uh, S1000, which is a much larger scale, um, more professional rig that DJI manufactures. Um, with the, uh, the FAA, uh, they had to maintain a distance from any spectator of 500 feet. Um, players were not an issue. Uh, players are considered um, active participants, and they would be fine uh, if it. Uh, and and actually, uh, because of the way the the, the course was laid out, um, they basically they flew over Lake Michigan, kind of looking toward the the coast. Here's uh, some little video clips here that I actually shot off of a high res monitor uh, of 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 them in action and some of the the footage that they took from it. Um, so it basically meant since uh, the crowd could not get closer than like 300 feet, uh, than like a couple hundred feet to the edge of where the water is, they're actually able to fly upwards upward. I think of 300 feet to where the golfers were. Um, but as he told me, it's and and I, I kind of got this impression when I talked to uh, an agent from the FAA from my regional FAA office, is that. You know, there's there's nothing really specific about that number. I mean, it's it's kind of like a a, a guesstimate um, by everybody. The FAA too. I mean, they, they um, you know there there's no measurement while flying the drone that you're this far away from a person as as a straight or what angle up in the air facing down you have to be. Um, it's just 500 feet. And that's one of the issues that needs to be worked out. Um, but they—they, uh, they, I have to say, they did. As far as I know, they there was no representative of the FAA there to watch over them and all that. They had a team of four people. Um, one was the, the the drone pilot, who is a um, a licensed helicopter pilot, also uh, shoots video uh, for helicopter from uh, helicopters. So he was the drone operator uh, because again you still need that requirement of the operator has to be a licensed pilot Uh, they had a separate operator that controlled the camera so that uh, and and uh, the camera operator and the the drone pilot uh, kind of work in tandem to produce the shots that you know, that worked well because uh, they, they kind of have to work. It's similar to uh, other types of robotic cameras uh, like Skycam and stuff that they use in broadcast. You have more than one operator and they kind of have to work as a team uh, to, to make the most effective shots. Uh, they also had a spotter because uh, they could only fly line of sight, but line of sight can be a third person um so i mean imagine if 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 you do any kind of flying you can realize that if you ever flew your drone kind of far out there even though you still see it you still have to look down every now and then at your controls and sometimes i know i've done it too where i'll look down at the controls and i look up it's like up oh, where to go that's what a third person is helpful for they can they can go it's okay there it's right there you can see up there so they can maintain that look all the time. And then they had a fourth person that was an assistant to help uh, change batteries and help keep things rolling um, so everyone else could, could uh, kind of keep it up in the air uh, pretty, uh, pretty quickly. And they did, did, a do, did do a good job with that. Um, I would say from my observation in the truck, they were only getting about maybe 10 to 12 minutes out of uh, each flight. But uh, they knew what, uh, they had two locations they could, uh, they could shoot from, uh, both were over, uh, over Lake Michigan. And um, what's interesting is, is how the, the, the broadcast teams used the drone because this is all kind of, um, uh, we're all well familiar with using blimp shots and, and all that, uh, which they had a blimp as well. Um, but uh, the drone's kind of a different deal because it gets different types of shots. and you know it, it, it gets shots for shorter periods of time and, and, uh, and then it comes down and then it has to go back up again. Um, so it was very interesting from a production standpoint to see how people were using directors were using it in their, their footage. And, and most of it was it wasn't really for um, game coverage. Uh, it was for uh, going in and out of uh, breaks or doing a little. Um, one of the things with uh, Whistling Straits, is since it is on uh, Lake Michigan, and you can actually see a lot of the the, the holes from the lake. Uh, there were a lot of boats out there, uh, so you you saw these like pretty shots of like people watching in boats out in the river from the river's, you know, from the from the lake's point of view. So that was that, that was uh, pretty cool to see. But uh, anyway, it was it was very fun to get to to see uh, this in action. In fact, I have here some other uh, video I shot. Uh, even the uh, even the blimp guys like watching these things fly. Here's uh, you won't see this too often. Here's a viewpoint of a drone from overhead uh, from from the blimp camera. It actually followed it for a little while. Um, so anyway, it was it was really great uh, getting to talk to these guys. I, I you know I, I thank them for taking the time to uh, talk with me. They were very uh, and of course they all start off and they all fly recreationally as well too. So uh, it, it was really good for me too because I do plan on taking this at a more serious level uh, as as things change with the ruling. Uh, and interesting about that. Um, uh, the one thing I, I, I was told by them was that according to their attorneys that have to deal with the FAA and all that that they think that um, sometime next year in 2016, maybe by June uh, they hope to have some of those new rules in place so maybe the um, the days of needing a full pilot's license will come to a close soon, which would be great. Um, so anyway there there you have it. there's my uh, my excitement of uh, being at the uh, pga uh, with uh, drone coverage so now let's finish the show uh this episode with uh some uh some videos i have that were all done in in the philly region uh let's start with uh this one here uh it's uh the simon, the old simon silk mill in easton uh there's a team that wants to uh they, they want to redevelop it uh develop it into um apartments and kind of like an artist community so this is, uh, these, this is kind of like right up my alley, I love historic buildings and historic properties and you'll figure that out very shortly with my last video. Uh, but anyway this is a drone flyover of the Simon Silk Mill uh, in Easton and uh, I don't know who did this uh, but it's, it's very well done and uh, you know it's a perfect, perfect application for, uh, for a drone. Uh, you know, it's an abandoned area that they want to redevelop and uh, you can see it in a in a drone's eye uh, point of view. Uh, my next one uh, comes uh, right out of Philadelphia. Um, a company called Philly by Air uh, just recently uh, put together a video that's uh, right in time for the papal visit at the end of September. Um, basically they've, they've spent a lot of time going around. Uh, uh, videographing and photographing by drone uh, the Philly different Philly landmarks and they put together this nice uh, uh, this nice video. Uh, About it, Um, and actually, if you uh, go here's some uh, as you're watching the clips of this. uh, Now, keep in mind, my capture on my computer doesn't do this justice. Uh, It looks absolutely fantastic. It was shot in 4K. Uh, So I'm gonna leave links on my medium site uh, for you to uh, be be able to find it. Look for it yourself in full screen. If you have a really good, uh, good fast computer and fast internet, it, it looks spectacular. Um, but the, this group, also uh, Philly by Air, uh, apparently they do, uh, they, they've been doing uh, videos and, uh, and photos of the entire Philly region. If you go to their website and you click on take a look, uh, you'll actually see a map comes up of all of the uh, images that they've taken in the, in the Philly region. Now, I, I think this is all by their company. I, I hope to contact them. Uh, For a future episode because well they're they're in uh, this shows called Philly Drone Tech and here they are in the Philly region doing some good stuff Um, But anyway, there's uh, you can uh, click on different things and see uh, you know uh, See some of their uh, aerial photography of the Philly region And my last video um, In the Philly region was uh, done right here in Doylestown and uh, well done by myself uh in even though i I haven't had a lot of time this summer i did have time to put together a video uh i'm very big in in local history and historic preservation and if you're familiar with the font hill uh area font hill museum up in Doylestown, in nestled in the woods is an old um 18th century um, old farmhouse old stone farmhouse that has been left neglected for decades and decades and decades and it's uh, kind of run down, it's graffiti-ridden. And, uh, but I have an appreciation for old abandoned buildings. And I've, uh, this always has been a, a, a favorite uh, photography uh, subject for me. So I decided to do a, uh, give it the drone treatment. And this was a little different uh, for me than doing. I, I learned a lot. Uh, it, it's, it's kind of, I think, this, the experience of doing this video has kind of made me kind of step up my game a little bit in how to use drones for um, photography. You know, don't necessarily think oh look here's a beautiful overhead shot of something. Um, in this case it was mostly other than um, uh, one shot coming down from the woods. Uh, it was all very close flying uh, around the different parts of the, of, of the structure. Um, all in deep, dense woods. So my heart was kind of in my in my throat, uh, while shooting this, worried about if I'm going to hit a tree or the building itself. Um, but a- anyway, uh, I got a lot of good feedback on it, uh, and people uh, seem to like it. I did it for a uh, a group of us that want to see the house restored. So it brought a lot of visits to that website, and uh, I hope to uh, find something that I'd like to kind of do again. Uh, you know, in this kind of fashion. Uh, You know, not, uh, again, using the drone in a different way other than just like taking wide overhead panoramics, large scale buildings, you know, this is much more close quarters and, uh, you know, you could have kind of brought a crane and a jib arm in to do this, but uh, I just walked in with a 20 pound uh, case and all by myself and shot it in a few hours and I'm done. that's, it sort of inspired me that that's uh, how, uh, production-wise, uh, the drone's really going to be a game-changer uh, in how uh, things are presented on video and film now, uh, even in cases like this. I mean, this was a case I, you know, I don't have to worry about the FAA. I'm only flying right around this building in the middle of the woods, you know. But, uh, you know, it, I used it more as a camera tool than anything else than the fact that it was uh, uh, flying in the air. Um so uh, in fact I'm, I'm talking with someone else with a, uh, a different historic preservation project and uh, that that has uh, that can have international appeal. It's a very well, we'll just say it's a very um, it's a well-known uh, property that people would uh, know of. so uh, I hope to do that in the coming future. Um, but um, anyway that's uh, that's that's all I have for uh, uh, for this show and uh, I hope I, feature-packed enough to kind of make up for not uh, being around uh, a lot. So I hope to get back on track and uh, doing things more. As always, you can contact me uh, at uh, uh, uh through email or follow me. Please follow me on my uh, Twitter account at DroneGuyTom. Um, and also, uh, as usual, I have everything up on my Medium page. Uh, there's the address there. I've been flashing it uh, throughout the, the show. Uh, everything I talk about, you can find direct links to, so you can uh, visit them yourself. Um, oh, and one more thing before I go, though, because uh, we're getting set for a very big, uh, very big, high-profile event here in the Philly region. and Of course, I'm talking about uh, the Pope Francis' visit, end of September. Well, yeah, you had to know, and you have to expect it, but, uh, you know... What's funny that uh, this time a year ago, drones weren't even on anybody's radar. And now here we are a year later, and here's the official word from the FAA that uh, Philadelphia, all of Philadelphia, will be a temporary no-fly zone for drones during the papal visit. Um, You're gonna be seeing this like all over the place now. I'm sure they're gonna be looking for for violations. But uh, as I said, this time one year ago, nobody even mentioned anything about drones and flyovers so it shows you how quickly the technology has has moved on and evolved so uh anyway um there you have it and uh thanks for uh thanks for sticking out with me and coming back and uh, seeing my show i hope it was worthwhile and i hope to hear from you and i'll uh see you next time